Welcome to the Kumbaya Podcast, the whole woman's resource, where we uncover the amazing resources available to help you on your holistic health journey and hopefully help you prevent issues before they arise. Hey everyone, before we get into the episode, I wanted to ask if you are hoping to have a home birth or are you currently considering your options? If you answered yes to either of those questions, I'd love for you to join the waitlist for my home birth prep course. It's an online course that'll help you prepare your body, mind, and home for childbirth. I've had two home births myself, and what I teach helped me go from a 30-hour labor with my first child to a 10-hour and much smoother (laughs) labor with my second child. I've helped hundreds of women have smoother childbirths no matter where they gave birth, and I'd love to share this knowledge with you. Join my waitlist by going to progressivepelviceducation.com forward slash home birth prep. Welcome back to the Kumbaya podcast. Today's episode is part two of a two-part series on doulas. In episode 57, we learned about birth doulas and why you'd want to have one on your birth support team. You don't have to listen to these in any particular order, but if you haven't checked that one out, you'll want to go back and listen to it for sure. Today's episode will be about postpartum doulas with wisdom from a very experienced postpartum doula. Yes, you can get doula support, not just for your birth, but for after baby arrives as well. The fourth trimester is a time of huge adjustment, no matter how many babies you've had. And our guest today will share some great advice and suggestions for how to help ease this transition. One of my soapboxes, if you will, (laughs) is how much we minimize the change that takes place after a baby is welcomed into a family. Our body changes, our dynamic, in our family and in our society changes, our relationship with everyone and everything around us changes, or at least it did for me. And yet this time period is just blown over and not really discussed or honored. I love the conversation that Colleen and I have, and believe me, we could have talked a lot longer. (laughs) Our guest is Colleen Goydell, a certified postpartum doula, birthing from within, certified childbirth educator, certified lactation educator, newborn care educator, and co-founder of Two Doulas and You. She supported hundreds of laboring, postpartum, and breastfeeding clients over the past two decades, and she's a wealth of information. Colleen has also developed a full-spectrum education program that includes evidence-based childbirth, lactation, and newborn care classes. Inspired by her own experience as a parent and grandparent, Colleen is passionate about helping expectant and new parents discover and manifest their birth feeding and parenting priorities without judgment and with an open heart and mind. I hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome back again. I am so excited for the second part in our series with Colleen. And um, if you missed our last episode, please be sure to check it out. We talked all about birth and labor doulas, episode 57. Today, we are going to talk about postpartum doulas. So we are just going to jump right into it. Colleen, um, for anyone who hasn't heard this term before, what can you tell us a little bit more about what that means? You know, what is a postpartum doula? What would they do? Right. So a postpartum doula um, supports the family, not just the baby, to the degree that the family wants and needs that. 
right? Um, we're not there just to take care of the baby, although that's a big part of what we do. We're there to help the uh, family um, learn about how to care for their baby, soothe their baby. Um, we do feeding support depending on um, if that's needed. Um, we'll also cook if needed, uh, you know, tidy up the kitchen, wash pump parts, wash bottles, fold laundry, kind of those light things that help folks feel like, okay, I, I my, my life is chaotic right now and upside down, but at least my household is still running, right? Mm. But that really takes a backseat to helping them get to know their baby, get comfortable with parenting, and also maybe even, you know, take baby while the parents rest or sleep or meditate or take a shower. Shower. Um, <laughs> it really depends on what each family needs. Um, so it, it's broadly defined in that way, um, mm -hmm. based on each family's situation and what kind of additional support they have, if any. Mm -hmm. Um, and our goal is to work ourselves out of a job. This is mm -hmm. not a long-term thing. Um, right. it's, it's about spending a few hours at a time with the family and eventually they're feeling like, oh, you know, I, I still don't have all the answers, but I got this. I think I'm going to be okay. Or maybe they're transitioning to a nanny um, or daycare or whatever. Um, so um, it, once a, a parent says, you know what, I think we're going to be okay. I feel like I've done my job. We're done here. Great. You know how to reach me if you need some more help. Um, yeah. So what would the benefits be of hiring a postpartum doula versus having like a family friend or, a, you know, a family member, um, uh, you know, come over? Right. Well, postpartum doulas have a lot of specific training in um, helping to soothe babies. Um, and we don't have an agenda other than to be supportive and meet the family wherever they're at whether, you know, doesn't matter how they're feeding their baby, doesn't matter whether they're sleeping with their baby or not. We don't, uh, we don't function in any way other than to support whatever they're doing. And if they're not sure if it's working for them, helping them figure out what their goals are and helping them work toward that. Mm -hmm. um, family members can have an emotional connection where this is the way I did it. You need to do it this way. Um, or, you know, just let me hold the baby, right? That may not be what the birthing person needs is someone else to hold their infant, right? right. Um, and patients can um, be thin with family members, you know, that emotional baggage can create stress. And so our job is, um, I heard someone say, um, the mama without the drama. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, awesome. so, you know, we come in, we do our job, we are compassionate and supportive, and then we leave. And, yeah. um, you know, we don't create any sense of guilt or uh, judgment, or at least we, you know, we can't always control if that happens in, with a client, but, um, you know, we, we are an objective means of support. Yes. I think that's amazing. So I would say that one of my passions is banishing the bounce back culture, right? I mean, our society tells us that 
we go through, you know, birth, we have this baby, and then within six weeks, we're supposed to, you know, all with a smile on our face, get back into our pregnant pre-pregnancy pants and get back to work and get back to sex and, you know, woohoo, everything's fine. And like, not even act like it's, it's hard. Um, so if someone doesn't have access to a postpartum doula, um, say they're just, you know, they're in a, a small town and they're just, there isn't anyone skilled like that around, what advice um, can you share with our listeners that, you know, ways that they could prepare for that fourth trimester? That's a great question. The first thing I would say is have a conversation with um, your partner, if you have one, about who in the family and friends realm will be truly helpful and who will create stress. Mm-hmm and be a united front together on that and set expectations ahead of time, determine who you want to have around, right? And setting boundaries, right? Um, My daughter, when she had her first baby, knowing what I do for a living, the first thing she said to me right after she announced it, which we were delighted about, of course, was, mom, I know this is your thing. I don't want advice unless I ask for it. How can I not be clear about that? She set that tone right from the beginning lovingly. And, you know, even if she hadn't said it lovingly, you know, I, I, my job is to honor that. And it's very difficult for family to honor that sometimes. So, you know, knowing what those boundaries are um, and having a sense of who will honor them and without judgment, without agenda, without trying to fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one part of it. Um, another part of it is, um, education. So, um, I offer, we offer a class called navigating the fourth trimester for pregnant parents. And it's about how to get through those first very vulnerable hormone laden weeks and months with a newborn. Um, everything from how to hold a baby to how to change a baby to how to wear a baby how to um, how to promote your baby's calming reflex so that they can sleep a little more readily. Um, you know, there are no magic answers to that, but there are a lot of things we can do to help babies settle so that they can then sleep, right? Um, how to take care of yourself so that you can bring your good enough self to your baby. I don't like to say your best self because it's pretty rare that we bring our best self, right? (laughs) But can you be a good enough parent, right? A good enough parent makes sure that they're doing their best, right? And we we talk about that as well. Um, So educating yourself, especially if you've never dealt with a baby before, and and the, the, the kind of common thread throughout that whole class is babies are thrust into a very rude world. Um, They go from this perfect environment where all their needs are met instantly and in an ongoing fashion. They don't have to do anything, right? And they're thrust into a world where everything is foreign. Um, Lights, sounds, touch, right? Temperatures. Temperature and gravity. Right. Mm -hmm. Newborns have no sense of gravity. They don't know what to do with their arms and legs. So they're just helpless and they cry because they can't cope. It's not because you're doing it wrong. 
And that's a really important thing for new parents to remember. It's just hard to be a baby. And so what can you, can, can this help you bring some compassion to your crying baby at 3 a.m. when you're sleep deprived and you just can't get your baby to settle. It's not that you're doing it wrong. It's that they're helpless. Mm -hmm. And eventually they learn to cope and things get easier in that realm, right? It doesn't always get easier, but babies learn how to be in the world. And, um, but it's not like that the first month or two, sometimes even three, right? Mm -hmm. So So remembering that can help folks not blame and judge themselves and remember that it's just hard to be a baby in the world. And I'm going to do my best to compassionately help my baby cope. Yes. And you, and you talked about bringing your better self. I love that. Why is that important? I don't think enough people understand that how much transformation and we don't honor it in our society. Um, and if you haven't listened to the last episode, go back to that one, because we talked about, you know, your identity and, and um, when, you know, and how things, your priorities can shift when you have a baby. And I just, I don't think we, we honor that enough, the, the transformation that takes place in a, the birthing person and the family, just your identity with the world and, um, you know, and within your family and to, to it all. So why is that important? You know, it just kind of showing up and and supporting yourself to be your better self for your kids. As humans, we are fallible, Um, especially when we're hormonal, sleep deprived, recovering from birth, maybe even recovering from surgery, um, trying to figure out how to feed our baby, trying to wrap our heads around what it takes to care for another human being who's also helpless, right? And how can we possibly be on our game all the time, if not at least sometimes, right? So um, can, can you be a good enough parent? And a good enough parent does the best that they can, reaches out for help when they need it, when they realize I just can't do this on my own or I need a break right. um, and gives themselves the grace to not know, to not know what to do, right? Um, because we're not going to ever have all the answers, whether our child is one month old or 18 years old. Um, we're never going to have all the answers. Tuning into our intuition can help, right? Because your intuition is never stronger than when you've grown a baby and birthed a baby and are raising this baby, spending 24 seven with them, right? There's lots of advice out there. And what does my instinct tell me? my baby needs, or I need, right. In order to keep going. So honoring the fact that we don't have all the answers that we're not perfect and we're going to fail our baby sooner or later. Mm -hmm. Right. Hopefully it won't be something that, you know, involves uh, safety or, you know, anything life-threatening, but, you know, everyone fails their child sooner or later. And, Knowing that that's going to happen, what can we do to, um, to, 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 how can I say this, to atone with our baby for that, to make up for it, um, let our child know that we're imperfect, but we're doing our best 
that gives them permission to not be perfect either. Yes. Right. Certainly infants don't know that, but you know, when we can, and it's, I feel like it starts with infancy. When we have conversations with our babies about we're trying to do our best, you know, that wasn't a smart thing to do. I, you know, I, next time I'm going to do it like this and I'm sorry, Mm. we get comfortable with that language. And as they get older, they hear that language and they, um, you know, mirror what we do and say. So letting ourselves be vulnerable and and, and realizing that we're not always going to make the mark. In fact, we're probably going to miss it a lot. Um, And relying on others to help can make a big difference in how we approach parenting and take a lot of pressure off of us as we, you know, try to grapple with this huge responsibility. Mm. And you said how I, I think it's so true not think. I mean, it's a fact. Your hormones are raging. You're not sleeping. So that right there is, doesn't make anyone at their best. And there's just, I mean, the amount of newness to it, especially if you haven't raised siblings or, or been around a lot of babies. I mean, one example that comes to my mind is how we were um, with my first daughter, how we were giving her a bath. Like she would scream and scream and scream. Well, she was born in January, early January. It was cold. Uh, we had her wrapped up in a blanket, but at some point we, you know, we took her out of the blanket and uh, the little towel, you know, and we were washing her. And when we went to the pediatrician, she said, oh yeah, just use an extra towel. You know, you put one towel down and then you have one towel on top. So you only have to really, you know, she's not on the, anyway, it, it just seems so simple, but that one little thing, you would have thought like, I would have given her all the money in the world. I mean, that just made it <laughs> so much less stressful. It was one less time in the day I had to hear, let, hear her screaming and it, you know, let my body relax. I mean, it's just not yeah. we're wired, right? You hear a baby screaming and you're like, oh my God, I have to help it. And it's just like, your nerves are so on end all the time. Even if you don't, you're not in your head making a story, like I'm not doing this well, you still just don't want your kid crying, right? Oh, and it's- be kid, it's- It's a visceral response when our babies cry. And Um, it's just like you're living in that. And then, you know, and I remember even now, you know, my kids are seven and two and a half, almost three. And literally when they go to sleep is like, I just, even when I'm in the shower, I I hear them yelling or crying or fighting. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like just stop. (laughs) But it's like when they're asleep, I finally feel my body relax. And in those early months, you just don't realize how much, and that, you know, and that's all the way they can communicate. They just literally, they just cry, but it's, it is so, it affects our, our physiology and our nervous system for sure. It definitely does. And I think it's really important to remember, you know, the bath is a good example. Babies cry, not because you're doing it wrong or it's painful, but it's weird. Yeah. And it's, you know, their arms and legs are flailing and they don't know what to do with them. And it's something on their body that they've never, you know, experienced before. Mm-hmm. When we look at it that way, it's easier to come to the situation with compassion yes. rather than anger or guilt or judgment about how we're doing it. Right? right. And eventually they learn to love it. But it, you know, it's hard to be in that headspace of eventually this is going to get better when you're in it. So you know, coming from a place of, I need to help my baby cope with being in the world Mm. might be really helpful. I I think that's something, yeah, we could, I love that you have that fourth trimester class. I think that's amazing. Just getting more education out there with, you know, we, we think about, oh, the cute outfits and all getting the nursery set up, but we don't 
I don't really hear people talking about like your baby literally cannot regulate their own body temperature, their hypothalamus, the thumb, like their body is just developing at this rapid rate. And in the very beginning, they need that skin to skin. They need to be with you because they need you to keep them warm and to help their body say, oh, this is what I need to do. This is where we're, we should be at type of thing. Like, you know, they don't see very far. They need to eat very often. They poop even more frequently. <laughs> you know, they're just, they need so much care. And and, and that's, you know, straining on the, on the parents. And we just, we don't talk about this. It's like, oh, when are you going to bring them right. out to coffee? And, and we can see them in their little right. outfits. Like, no, right. I, I, had, I had a patient just telling me yesterday, her mother-in-law was asking like, oh, so what'd you and the baby do today? She's like, um, <laughs> I slept. <laughs> I stayed in my bed. Like I, you know, like that's enough. Like I'm, I'm just managing right now. But you know, now she has this person asking her and she feels less than because she's not taking her baby out, you know, at five weeks postpartum. Right. And she's like, uh, I'm, that's a, that's a wise mama. Yeah. Right. She, staying she, in bed. Yeah. Staying in bed is a great way to rest yes. and to get to know your baby. Um, yeah, we have a lot of pressure around us to sort of get our act together to your point. Um, yeah. and you know, that is such a misnomer and our society doesn't really support that. Mm-hmm. And, and another aspect um, of all of that is having an honest conversation with your partner, if you have one, um, about what they feel comfortable doing as parents. I'm talking prenatally, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what they worry about, where where they feel like they might not meet the mark. And having those conversations beforehand so that we can take that into consideration in how we set up those, you know, care for those first few weeks. Um, And that's going to shift, of course, as we get more comfortable with our babies. But um, I think that um, it's unrealistic to expect that our partner is going to make up all the difference. Right. Which is, of course, where postpartum support comes in very handy. Yeah. I, and I actually didn't even know that myself. I, I really, yeah, I, I, it's very, I think an important distinction to make that postpartum doulas are not just going to show up and, you know, hold the baby or not just so you can take a shower or not just show up and, and be your maid. It's there's that working together. And there is some of that, like, but yeah, we can talk and I can ease your mind. We can process the birth or we could talk about whatever, but I love that you said, um, yeah, it's really helping you learn how to be with your baby, care for your baby, just whatever questions come up. Cause so many come up, like, how do I bathe my baby? I mean, I knew how to do it, but just little nuances made it so much smoother. And that really, it sounds so simple, but, or maybe not significant, but it really was in those early days that just made such a difference to me. Um, yeah you know, just feeling successful as a mom and feeling like I can do something without her crying all the time, you know, it just. And having a postpartum doula present when you do that first bath can boost your confidence. You know, a lot of what we do as postpartum doulas is validate. You're doing great. Yeah. Right. We might make some suggestions if there's some struggles, but you know, it's, you're doing great. This, this is exactly what your baby needs. And you might think about trying this. Mm-hmm. Um, we also teach folks how to wear their baby, which is a game changer for m- most parents, because, you know, they just, those babies want to be right here. All and so, um, yeah. And so that frees up a lot of, uh, 
physical ability to do other things while baby is uh, is being worn. And it's a great way to go outside with your baby as well so that they're sheltered. No one's going to touch them. And you get some fresh air, by the way. That's really mm-hmm. important. I see a lot of new parent, new mothers who just, uh, you know, I can't, how can I possibly go outside? You, you know, and, and even if it's cold, you can still do it. Right. Just but step on your sometimes back jet, they right? just, yes, yes, exactly. I, I go for walks sometimes with a, a new parent for the first time with mm-hmm. their baby, mm-hmm. you know, just to help them feel like they're supported and this is safe and, you know, nothing's going to happen. Um, so postpartum doulas help. Um, a lot of folks get through those firsts. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I love everything that we said. Is there any, are there any other points or, um, things you wanted to share that we didn't touch upon? Any other advice you'd like to leave people with? If you think you're going to need help, you probably are. And even if you don't think you'll need help, consider it because, you know, as you mentioned, our culture doesn't support the postpartum return. It's all about getting ready for baby and getting that nursery together. And, um, you know, women are kind of the forgotten part of what happens after we give birth. Don't underestimate the need for help. And, um, you know, it might be a good gift for someone to purchase postpartum hours. Um, yeah. Um, and, and some folks, you know, want a baby nurse where someone's just coming in and taking care of a baby. That's kind of a different, um, means of support, but that might be what folks need. We also offer overnight postpartum support, Mm -hmm. which, um, has become a really popular service, which is just basically involving, we make sure baby is tended to, overnight, bringing baby to you to feed or feeding baby on your behalf, if that's the way you want us to do it. Um, We can make a breakfast casserole for the morning. We can get the coffee pot on. We can do some laundry and maybe tidy up the kitchen overnight, right? We're not there to sleep and just wake up when baby needs something. Um, You know, we're there to kind of help keep things going overnight so that you can maximize your rest. Um, And some folks have family who are willing to do that. But if you're, you know, that gut sense is telling you, "Mm, there's going to be some emotional baggage coming along with this support, investing in a postpartum doula, whether it's overnight or daytime or both, um, or a baby nurse or a night nurse, which of course takes care of just baby, doesn't take care of the family, um, Mm -hmm. might be a really important investment. Yeah. But having that conversation with the folks who live with you about what's important to you. Some folks feel like I want my house to be orderly during this vulnerable period. Then maybe it's time to, you know, splurge on a housekeeper for a couple of weeks. Right. Um, so talk together about where the holes are, how long is partner going to be around, right? Some partners don't have any maternity or paternity, or I should say childcare leave after baby's born. And that's a big factor, right? Mm-hmm. If there is time off, how are you going to divvy that up? Do you want to take it all in the beginning? You know, some folks who have weeks and months uh, opt to break it up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when do you have to go back to work? And when does childcare have to start happening, right? So all of these things, talking about them ahead of time can help you 
plan for what's to come with less anxiety and uh, less worry. Yeah, that's excellent. I think that that preparation is key. And, you know, if you live in a big city and you have no family around, you know, to, to help at all, but especially if you don't really have any experience with babies, I just think a postpartum doula is the way to go to, to honor, to help ease your mind, get help in those early weeks, months. And then if you don't have access to a postpartum doula, take your course that the fourth trimester course, I think would be amazing. And we all deserve it. You know, I mean, we absolutely deserve the support. Um, how can people learn more about you and um, two doulas and you? So go to our website, todoulasandyou.com, um, read about our services. Folks can register for classes. They can inquire as to other services, and we will respond within 24 hours um, with available doulas or whatever else someone is looking for. Um, we have uh, virtual classes via Zoom. We have in-person classes. And um, we have private and group classes. So um, it's all there on the website. It, that's the place to start. And we will follow up in a timely fashion and, and do whatever we can to get folks the help that they need. Oh, that sounds amazing. Thank you so much, Colleen. I so appreciate your time. Thank you for all that you do for families and babies and sharing your knowledge with us here today. This has been incredible. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Amanda. I appreciate all you do. And I'm delighted to uh, be talking with you today. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Do you ever wish that you could learn the essentials of pelvic health from an experienced pelvic floor physical therapist at a fraction of the cost and from the comfort of your own home? This episode is sponsored by Progressive Pelvic Education, your source for online courses to expand your pelvic health knowledge and promote optimal wellness. Pelvic health is wealth, and there is a lot of essential information about our pelvic floor that isn't taught in school. Learn what to do and not to do to avoid the inconvenience and pain of pelvic floor issues in a self-paced course you can take anywhere. Visit progressivepelviceducation.com to get access today. This content is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. Please discuss any questions you may have regarding your health or medical condition with your physician or a qualified healthcare professional. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests.